1: Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, and indeed it is, the two guys at a mic show on the Talkzone.com. very odd, that it's a Friday, coming back from 4th to July, seemed like the start of a new week yesterday, but here it is, the weekend is upon us, a beautiful Friday, July 6th, we will talk sports and more, we'll jump off the sports page early, and often on this particular show, but plenty to talk about the big dog and the coach, at your service, we'll play a little bit of music from producer extraordinaire, and soon to be, father of his third young boy senor david olson a little bit of music and then we'll kick this sucker off Very much. Hey, before I forget uh, David Olson, I might as well bring, uh, I believe, Joe Redwansky, my good partner, checking in via the telecommunicative phone line in beautiful Aurora, Illinois, both in on the conversation on a distant sidelight, but i got to get it done before we get into this stuff here. The Andy Griffith movie that nobody ever heard of that you guys told me to watch, A Face in the Crowd. Front page, well, when I say front page, front page of the arts and entertainment section of the Tribune today. Not just on Andy Griffith, on that movie and its early significance in particular. So I give kudos to both of you. face in the crowd.
0: We knew of it immediately. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, that's his best work ever.
1: Yep. Yep. I had never heard of it. Never heard of it. And once you watch it, you're going to see him in a completely different light because you don't realize what a good actor he really was. I live by my calendar, David Olson, right? and July 18th, I already put it in, face in the crowd on the Turner Classic Network. All right. Now that I got that off my chest. Very good. Uh, Big Dog. Great to talk to you, my friend. Plenty to talk about in the world of sports. And by the way, today, I don't think I even mentioned it yesterday, but I think this is your favorite segment. I do, I know we do some ones that pain you a little bit. The hunting and fishing report, uh, the stage to stage coverage of the Tour de France, the stump, the pole. We have some segments that annoy you a little bit, but today is the day we take our mid-season look. At the baseball teams, division by division, I ask you which teams that are getting A's and B-pluses right now might end out with C-minuses, and which teams that are getting C-minuses and D-pluses right now end up better. It's our annual midseason baseball report, Big Dog, who just dropped off. And as I get all excited, the Big Dog drops off. Maybe he's not that excited, but we'll see. <laughs> but we will do that. Hopefully we'll get the Big Dog back, uh, check it in again via the telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. So we'll do that for sure. Two two, big Dog, did you did you hear my big uh, preview of, of one of the top
0: segments you ever do? Uh, i, I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. Uh, when it comes to baseball, we don't need an introduction. We just need to start talking baseball. Okay, Let's cut through all the silly pitter-patter and let's start talking.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, all right, you want to start right off the bat with the uh, midseason baseball report?
0: Oh, well, if you got other things to do, okay. yes, I, I I can go with the flow. I'm just a. face was, of the crowd. you know. Though.
1: Based on your advice, I was gonna you know ease into it, uh, you know, give you a little bit of loving first, a little bit of, uh, you know, wine, maybe some cheese and crackers, and then work to the big conclusion. But if you wanna, you know, if you're rushed for time, we can do a quickie.
0: Oh no no no! I, I, I'm not rushed for time. I was just messing around, <laughs> and I don't want any cheese and If you wanna like impress me, the cheese and crackers and wine aren't gonna do it. Okay, <laughs> I need like a like a sandwich and a beer
1: you know you're getting high high uh, maintenance the older you get it used to be a you know a ritz cracker and a slice of american cheese would have would have been fine you know but now yeah. you're getting older by the way you got a 40th birthday um are we think are we within the one month shot
0: no it's still it's still almost two months away all right so it was funny I, I was up with cousins last night and they couldn't believe that uh how old i was they were like oh no they're like it's impossible. You're going to be 40 this year. It was it was not good because I'm the baby cousin. I'm the young one. So mm-hmm. that was not good. The baby out
1: Well, our, our general manager, Chris Whitty, we talked about having a, a big 40 celebration with some of the fans out there. He said, buddy is no object. Spare no expense for the big dog. And he said, uh, you know, Joliet Slammers, Schaumburg Boomers, Chicago Sky, whatever you want, he'll pop for the tickets.
0: Oh, that sounds phenomenal. Yeah.
1: I mentioned Chicago Bulls, and he said, huh? Huh? Can't hear you. But uh, Joliet Slammers, we're all in, big dog.
0: Is I would say that Joliet Jackhammers.
1: I thought they got a new team. Now it's so hard to keep track of the minor league teams. I think they did get a new team. Let me look that up. Yeah, I, I think oh, that's, we, that's
0: we, their name is the Joliet Slammers. That's well, pretty funny you, considering. They you know so what? Like I, a couple things. One is the Joliet Catholic, <laughs> Catholic High School, and the other one. Is the
1: <laughs> I got a Catholic feeling Catholic. when David looks it up, we're both wrong. I don't think they're the jackhammers anymore, and I, I threw out the slammers, but I'm not feeling that. They ready. are indeed the slammers. How do you like that? How do you like
0: that's, that? That's, that's a really good baseball name for a, a city that's known for its jail.
1: Well, yeah. I was going to say, you're bringing, you know, kids are a big part of minor league baseball, Big Dog. Politically incorrect, insensitive to call the team
0: the, the slammers? I'm so sick of people being so sensitive about stuff. I could care less. Well, if it's politically incorrect, yeah, but you're. Honestly, the, I'm so, I'm so, oh no, we might offend. We might offend a five-year-old. No, well, I think the, the slammers. Yeah, they're, it, the theme is called the slammers because uh, that's a way you can describe a hitter or the fact that if you're really bad person, they put you in jail slammer.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, you know, I'm with you on the political correctness uh, up to a certain age when we. Start talking about the youngsters of America, age 6 through 15. I think at some point, you know, a little bit of sensitivity, but uh, the Slammers thing, I, I I, don't know. I guess I could roll with you on that, I guess. So
0: hey, Daddy,
1: awful. hey, Daddy, what are you know? Why are they called the Slammers? Well, son. But it's it's, I mean, it's a, it's a term for a prison, not like a person. And so you really can't, I mean, how can you be derogatory about an object? Well, it is a prison. It's not exactly what you want, you know. A little Jimmy and his birthday party to be celebrated.
0: An example, huh? That that is just way too really politically correct. If you're upset about slamming. okay.
1: All right. I wasn't really upset. I was just questioning it a little bit. All right, let me, let me real quick. As I start to, uh, you know, work you over a little, I'm building you up to the big conclusion here. I know Big Dog needs, a, at least usually, you need a little bit of loving before we can get to the uh Le Grand conclusion. Now here, David, I guarantee, I guarantee I will tickle a sensitive spot with this. Coming up tomorrow night, Saturday night. Still seems odd to me that it's Saturday. Coming after fourth, Joe can this does not feel like a Friday, but it is. Tomorrow night, Ultimate Fighting Championship. Let me make sure I got the name. It's our guy Anderson Silver going up against Chad Sonnen, who was trash talking big time. He's calling it Big Dog. I want to hear from you the biggest fight in Ultimate Fighting Championship history. Big dog Saturday night. Will you be watching?
0: Uh Kale Sonan versus Anderson Silva. Uh you know, it's way up there, Coach. That is it's gonna be a phenomenal fight. They call it the biggest fight ever. I don't know. Dan Henderson versus Anderson Silva like two years ago was about as big as it can get. And then, uh, I, I don't know. That's it's pretty big. But I will say this: if Kale Sonic can beat Anderson Silva, it will be the biggest fight ever in UFC history. Wait, okay? how did
1: Kale get into it? I thought it was Chad Sana that's fighting him.
0: Well, you don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'll pronounce it properly. Oh, okay. okay, so it's
1: Kale. Uh, how do you pronounce the last name? Okay. Does is he just talking to increase the TV audience, or does this guy have a legit shot at beating the great Anderson Silva? Uh,
0: For four minutes and forty five seconds, he kicked the crap. Excuse me. For four rounds, four point five rounds, he destroyed Anderson Silva, and I do not know how Anderson Silva. Hold on. And to be honest with you, I had more respect for Anderson Silva after this fight, considering that he usually just destroys people. The fight last a minute. It's not like boxing where a guy gets hammered with a eight billion punches, gets punch drunk, and then he's and then he's Muhammad Ali at the end of his life. You walk into a ring with Anderson Silva, 30 seconds later, you leave, and you're like, I just lost. Well, Anderson Silva got beat up for four rounds, and Cale Stoney kept hammering him, hammering him, and couldn't put him away. And then next thing you know, Cale Stoney got a little tired, throwing too many punches, and he's was able to get reversed, and he got tapped out. It was a phenomenal fight for Anderson Silva. And if this fight is half as good as the first fight, everybody needs to watch it, is the best way I can tell you.
2: Is
1: it there's a
0: no way, There's no way it lives up to the first fight, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to, but even if it doesn't, it could still be one of the best fights you'll ever see.
1: I like this the Kale guy, David Olsen. You'll get a kick out of this. He's building it up, and I thought he might have gone a step too far when he was seriously quoted as saying, this is the biggest event of the summer. It's bigger. Than the Olympic Games, I'm like, all right, Kale,
0: you know. I got I got to tell you something, Coach. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Yes. I, uh, you know, I, I know you don't understand yet because you still think it's, it's 1957 and boxing and horse no, racing I'm, are the top. I'm
1: starting to I'm world. starting to come your way. I've watched a little bit of it. It's cool, and yeah. I understand it's a big fight.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, but uh, to be honest with you, if you ask the people that I hang out with most, you take like the top 20 people that I hang out with most in the world. They could name fifty UFC fighters. They could name like uh, Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps for the Olympians. Mm-hmm. That's about the only Olympians they'd be able to name with those two.
1: They could not name backstroker Olivia Smoglia from Glenbrook South High School.
0: Uh, my friends like that know Mark Harmon and those guys, and you would know her, and that's about it. <laughs>
1: All right, but come on! All right, I'm not going to get into that, but I thought that was
0: no, no. no but he is overboard, obviously yeah. worldwide. I, I yeah. don't know, but if you're talking 20-year, 20, 20 to 35-year-old males, mm-hmm. yes, this is a much bigger event yeah. than the Olympics.
1: The Back here, Bobby is emailed in, and I wondered, I have the same question: Is this
0: a pay-per-view,
1: or is it available for perusal,
0: general perusal? Uh, well, uh, well, coach. Uh, Yes, it is pay per view. Uh, it costs forty. It'll be forty nine ninety nine. Wow! And with the forty nine ninety nine, you're going to get at least at least ten fights. Mm-hmm. Ten, the same boxing where they you have one fight and there's a fight a preview before it. It's two guys you never know of and you just can't wait for that fight to get over. Mm-hmm. What what Dana White does, he takes the best fighters possible and he puts them in the main event and then he puts anywhere between 8 to 12 matchups beforehand, that he doesn't care about the people's records, he puts people out there that entertain you and punch people and kick people in the face and, and not dance around mm-hmm. and run. Dana White, is, if, the best way I can put it is this. If you lose a fight and the whole entire, for all five rounds you are throwing bombs and making it entertaining, you have a better chance of getting a fight again on pay-per-view than you do if you win and the whole time, like, you laid on top of the guy and gave no action. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, Dana White will fire you if you are not an active and, and, and like, and. David, what did up. I tell
1: you? What did I tell you? The the, the foreplay is working here. I knew the ultimate fighting would get him. Now I've got him excited a little bit too early, so I might. David, I know it's not in your program, I might have to throw a little tour to France Report just to, to keep the big dog under control here. I don't want you peeking out at, like, 1035, dog.
0: No, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm glad you brought it up. I, I'm glad you brought it up because I have. Uh, I totally forgot that that fight was this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I would have found oh. out on Saturday after I agreed to go to like, uh, uh, like some hog roast or something like that. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other part of it is the weekend. Like Saturday is going to pop onto people tomorrow, and and it's going to be like, huh? Oh, it was Saturday night, and it'll be you know the the whole Fourth of July in the middle of the week is completely, messed people up. But um, you know, we should have such great problems. By the way. Um, for the more sensitive fans, apparently Dana White during a 449.99 there'll be a small 15-minute segment on Anderson Silva the early years, and they'll be interviewing some of his grade school and junior high teachers, and apparently a fairly insightful interview with a little girl named Susie who had a crush on him back in fifth grade. So,
0: yeah, too bad all of that will be in Portuguese and none of us will understand it. <laughs>
1: that could be a problem. Yeah. 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 well for 59.99 they do provide subtitles an extra 10 bucks for the subtitle all right uh so we got that fight for us we got tour de France big dog five stages down andres Kreipel from Germany has won two consecutive stages but he's still not the leader fabian canceleros for the second uh consecutive day wins the yellow jersey and again the early part of the tour de France is uh, there is a level of insignificance is there not?
0: there yeah I guess there is, but do you know if you're a well, if you're a cyclist and a cyclist fan? this is like the only three weeks that you get any love whatsoever for for well,
2: yeah. a
0: little tiny fraction of the world they're hanging on every single yeah. stage coach
1: you're right, that's the only time they get love from the mainstream media, but uh, there's there's plenty of I actually read a book sickeningly love on um uh, Bicycling, Lance Armstrong's coach, I believe, it was pretty fascinating. But there are huge tournaments, and it's very, very big in many European countries. But I wonder, Big Dog, and we could probably look this up. How many times, if ever, has anybody led like in a you know a marathon race, but in the Tour de to front from start to finish? Probably never happened, I would guess.
0: I do remember hearing somebody like a couple years ago saying that during with like Lance Armstrong when somebody. Was talking about how he he did not lead until the seventh stage. Right. Nobody is nobody. There's actually there's never been less than four leaders or something like that. It's okay. it's really amazing at how tough mm-hmm. because there's so many different styles. You have you have the mountain stages, you have the flat stages, you have mm-hmm. the downhill stages, which I'm really good at, Coach. Is the downhill stage. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. If the Tour de France was downhill all the way. You and me, big dog, could uh, we'd be right there in the competition.
0: It, like, so, like the more you ate, the faster you go. And it's not yep. bad. There really is good.
1: nothing, I won't say nothing, very few more things more pleasurable than a downhill bicycle jaunt, and then very few things more conditionally painful, when I say conditionally, from a physical conditioning, than bicycling up a hill. It can burn the heart, big dog. I can't think of another sport that can do more.
0: As far uh, as, you, as, mean, you know, going heart... uphill. Yeah, going uphill on a bike. Woo. That is, that, that is a little bit hellish, coach. And, yep. and for somebody that gets around the city of Chicago, uh, on a bike, I yep. completely and totally understand that. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep.
2: All
1: right. 888-463-6748. The phone number here, dog and the coach at your service. Two guys and a mic. We do it every Monday through Friday. Five days a week, an hour a day, five in total. We're building up. We're building up to our midseason baseball report. One of the great traditions with, uh, arguably one of the top baseball experts around, my good partner, uh, Mr. Joel Radwanski. So we'll be doing that in a couple of minutes, but we got to clear out the other stuff first. There is a tennis tournament, Big Dog. You might have heard of it. It's called Wimbledon. It's been quite entertaining on the ladies' side. Serena Williams. Serena dominant yesterday. Dominant with that. I think she had 24 aces, which might be a Wimbledon record.
0: She'll wow. be meeting
1: a, a relative of yours, agnasta Radwanska, in the finals.
0: Agnieszka, yeah, that would God be, you. Uh, uh, you, you know, it, it's crazy is that, uh, you know, Serena had problems getting out of the first two rounds against like the hundreds of ranked players, mm-hmm. and now she's playing the top ranked players, and she's, it's mid It's it's kind of crazy, it's like, she really can raise her level. To the, the level of play, whoever she's played against, she really—that's how she's she's always been that way, and it's consistently been that way at Wimbledon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks like she's on a mission. And uh, how do you pronounce it, Agnieszka? Agnieszka. Agnieszka. God bless you, uh, Radwanska will definitely be the underdog coming into that. Now today, I believe it's today. You got a couple of quality men semifinals. That Andy Murray has got everybody in Great Britain excited. You know, you know, Wimbledon hasn't had a British winner. Big Doug, you ready for this? Did a little research here. 1936. Are you kidding me? 1936, gentleman named Fred Perry was the last winner. So they're all going crazy for Andy Murray, and he has not dealt with the pressure well in big, big matches. He always gets there, but he has trouble getting over the top. He's meeting uh, your friend of mine, Joe Wilfred Songus, today. Any chance Murray can make the final?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely hope so. And if you think about it, People are ripping Andy Murray. Oh, he's not clutch. He doesn't come. You know, I wouldn't say you just ripped him, but like uh, he, he hasn't been able to get over the hump. Well, usually he loses in the final to Djokovic, betterer, mm-hmm. or they And he's better than any of those, so it's not like he choked. He just got beat by players that were better than him. So yep. I don't know if it's that he can't stand the pressure, but if he loses to Joe Willisonga in this situation, he will be portrayed as a choke artist by the British media. There's mm-hmm. no question about that.
1: Yeah, but incorrectly so. Yeah. yeah, I would have to say so. Yeah. Joe Willie, huh? Not Joe Wilford, but uh, <laughs> Joe Willie Songus. I like that.
0: Uh, I, I, I like Joe. If your name is Willie, I just call you Joe before I know, <laughs> like Joe Willie, name it.
1: Yeah. By the way, the other semifinal, well, a couple of guys that are pretty good. You might have heard of them. Roger Federer taking on uh, Novak Djokovic. Or is it Djokovic?
2: It's Joe.
0: Huh? Yeah. Ah. Okay.
1: So that's a, that's a pretty high-quality Final Four. When you were describing Andy Murray, who came to mind? Oh, is it a fair comparison, at least in a small way, to Phil Mickelson before he ever won a major? Oh, you know, yeah, you choked again. Yeah, Phil Mickelson can't make meanwhile he finishes third. He finishes second. He finishes fifth against the best golfers in the world, 150 of them. He's consistently in the top ten. He finally... Of course, Phil won a big one. He's won a bunch since. But a little bit of comparison maybe between Murray and Mickelson back in the day? Look,
0: that's, a, that's a great comparison because Phil Mickelson was one of the top players, but he wasn't the best player. He wasn't better than, than, than Tiger Woods. What are the other day? I can't, I can't believe that Andy Murray actually brought this up, but he compared himself to LeBron James oh, uh, before he won the title. And I'm like, Andy Murray, you're not the best player in the world. You're, you're the fourth best player at best. And LeBron James has been the best player in the world in the NBA for the last four or five years. And there was always the championship choke, you know. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. I like the Phil Mickelson comparison, coach. It's much better than his LeBron James comparison.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. 1936 is a long time. Uh, Djokovic and Federer have plenty of titles. Big Dog, I think, uh, the sentimental favorite, even outside of Great Britain, even here in the States, should be Andy Murray. Be nice to see him get over the top. And, uh, boy, that's, that's, what, eight, almost 80 years or, uh, you know, that's a long wait for the folks from Wimbledon. So I'd like to see him win that championship.
0: Yeah. They're 76 years coach. Mm-hmm.
1: Good math. Better you than me. Uh, also this weekend, by the way, um, the U.S. Women's Open, the 67th annual U.S. Women's Open, a major, major for the ladies. They're playing it at the Blackwater, uh, course in beautiful Kohler, Wisconsin. Actually, it's not beautiful Kohler, Wisconsin. It's 103 degrees up there, Big Dog. Any suggestions for some of the female ladies as they attempt to golf at their very, very best in the incredible heat?
0: I would say wear extremely skimpy outfits. <laughs> oh, did I say skimpy, Coach? I mean, wear stuff that is uh, shows a lot of skin. Yeah. So you're so you're, uh, you're you're better off, especially to all the parks, suns, moons and rays mm-hmm. and leaves.
1: The following announcement has been brought to you by friends of Joel Rodwanski. You're just just out there looking out for the good of the golfers, aren't
0: you, Joel? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you want to hear some crazy, coach? So you know, I'm going out with people yesterday out on the water, and I'm like, "Hey, fellows, blah blah blah. It's going to be over a hundred. Make sure you can stand the heat." They all looked at us. They looked at me like, "We're a bachelor party from Kansas. Uh, we." We just got up here. We left 118 degrees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all oh, right, get some water, get in the boat. 118 <laughs> degrees? They said it hasn't rained in Kansas in in uh, in six months. So wow. if you need any wheat or corn products, you might want to get on that, people, because the prices are about to start freaking skyrocketing, <laughs> Coach. Wow. So just to let you know, I was talking about them, so they were like they know people who own farms. They're like they're totally destroyed. They're going to lose mm-hmm. their whole entire crops. Like many people in Kansas, it's happening right now.
1: Forget about the crops. Uh, I'm worried about the biggest crop in uh, Kansas right now, and that's the the biggest crap I could call them. The head coach of the University of Kansas, Charlie Weiss, uh, probably working hard with the football team, Big Dog, and he's had some heart conditions before. I don't think the the heat might not be good for Kansas's largest crap. I mean crop.
0: That, that's I mean crap. That's a nice point. That's an excellent point, Coach. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it's funny. You know, when the August practice starts, you know, it'll probably cool down. and will be 100 degrees. Yep. That would be, be the first, you know, heat-related uh, death in the in the history of college football to be a coach and not a player. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking around. No. He, he is rotund and grotesque. Like, he's, he's the type yep. of fat where you're like, you need to push the table away from you every once in a while, Charlie. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: He did have stomach surgery.
0: Hamburger's inside of his belt. Okay.
1: (laughs) He did have a stomach surgery, and it did not. I know there was a lawsuit against the doctor. Did not go particularly well. I've never seen a big dog. I've only seen him wearing the long pants. But you know how he's got the belt buckle up well above his belly button. You know, in the pants, it's not a good look. I've heard. And in this heat, I'm assuming he wears shorts. I heard Charlie Weiss in the shorts look makes the long pants look like Abercrombie and Fitch. It's not a good look.
0: Yeah, not good. And, <laughs> you know, i got to be quite honest with you. Charlie Weiss has made his own bet, and he's been such an arrogant A that it was for so many years that yeah. there have been, there's other fat people in the world that I don't make fun of. Okay, but think about this, Coach. Charlie Weiss, Coach Kansas, is a football coach. The number one thing a football player needs to be is discipline, is discipline. Never take the shortcut. And always do the right thing. I'm getting attacked by a, a, a three inch <laughs> dog, coach, right now.
2: By okay.
1: a, a three inch dog, you said? Yeah. And,
0: uh. Chihuahua! Oh, no, no, it's a, it's a mini Dachshund.
1: Oh, it's, oh, it's, I it's, hate
0: it's dachshunds. Well, there, there you go. That, Is that it, Lily the little, Lilac's dog? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm in, I'm in beautiful not only downtown.
1: I don't like Dachshunds to begin with. I have a long history with Dachshunds. My uncle Stan had a Dachshund named uh, Willie. And me and Willie did not get along as I was a kid, but but and I don't like small dogs. So you combine, it's not a, this dog is not only a dachshund; it's one of those mini dachshunds.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a tiny dog, Coach. Uh. and since it's, it's a tiny dog, it eats about fifty pounds worth of food every single day. It's the <laughs> most. It's, it eats more than Charlie Weiss, Okay. <laughs> well, if, if you're Charlie Weiss, you're a leader of young men, and, and you're supposed to be the example of discipline. Yes. I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you got to look like me, and. and and work out every day, and, and and be smart about what you eat and all that stuff. But the simple fact that a football coach would get his stomach stapled to take a shortcut in order to get in um, shape, So there's something to be said about that coach. I'm not hey, sure buddy, I can buddy, go with it Instead of instead of eating right and and exercising and working mm-hmm. out, an example that I should set for you guys, like Lovey Smith did. Remember Lovey Smith? Like I was starting to get fat, and I'm like, I can't coach my football team and expect them to be in you know, elite shape if I can't be in it. Well, you're a football coach, you know? oh, and instead of me doing the right thing, I'm going to just have my stomach stapled. And then I'm going to sue the person mm. when it doesn't work out. I-, I still weigh 500 pounds. Coach, every once in a while, why don't you just ex- expect coaches to have some accountability i I'm hear so what you're just, saying you're being soft on everybody <laughs> why don't you actually ask people to be accountable every once in a while
1: i hear so, what you're so,
0: saying but- i mean i would love to be your son because you know if i was your son i would guarantee i'd be having a girl in my room every single night and you don't understand oh i guess you're right i guess you're right i don't understand i'm sorry joel Go back to impregnating I, that girl. I, no, didn't I, mean to, I didn't mean to hold you accountable for your action.
1: All right. Calm down, big boy. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And believe me, Charlie Weiss is amongst my top ten most least sports figures from a personality standpoint. So I'd love to go along and fire along with you. I'm hesitant to do that because we do not know the medical situation. There are some people that it's not just a matter of eating. Sometimes they it, it, it's a um, biological
0: Situation. No, 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 you're, exact, you're exactly right. When There's glandular things, and that's why I'm not making fun of fat people. But if your option, if you decide to have your stomach stapled, it's because you can't control your eating habits. It's not because it's glandular. It's not because you're your sure your that. body your body doesn't break down fat and all that other stuff. It's quite simple that they had to try to shrink your stomach so you feel full faster. And then when you eat past the full thing and the staple snap and you're sick because of it, and then you sue the doctor, come on. I'm so sick of people. This is such a, everybody wants to sue everybody. It's like, you know, uh, the other day when we're getting people off the water, people are already talking lawsuit. Oh, you're talking lawsuit? That's funny because we're the ones that just saved your butt. Okay, and now you're going to sue us for it? Yeah, I, I'm so sick of everybody. Is like, They always want to point a finger. Okay, and every once in a while, if you're 500 pounds and you have to stipple your stomach because you can't control your eating habits, And then you realize that the health ramifications of what happens to you when you actually staple your stomach, and then you get the consequences later and you didn't figure it out, and then you're going to sue the doctor. My goodness, Coach. I mean, I'm so sick of people not taking accountability for their actions. Mm -hmm. My last year and a half of my life has been nothing but improvement and getting better for the simple fact that I realized that there's many issues in my life that I've had to get straightened out. And when I started having some personal accountability in those areas, I've been happy ever since. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there and you keep pointing the finger at everybody else, I'm taking this line from you. When you point the finger at somebody else, you got to point back at yourself, okay? So, uh, no, I'm not. And, again, anybody out there that's suffering from glandular and real issues for your weight problems, I I certainly feel for you. And if anybody else that's just lack of control, you better save your life right now. Do it immediately. Don't wait until tomorrow.
1: Mm -hmm. all well put my friend well put big dog and the coach still with you right up until 11 o'clock well well said my friend uh for the very most part now i think i've done a nice job early on i'm not sure we're ready to jump into but now david olson and tell me i haven't worked with this guy for 10 years i know how to prime the pump here now big dog without further ado without further joseph ado one of our uh regular segments we do at the midpoint of the baseball season i think we're just about exactly there. I know we are for some teams. Yeah, uh, yeah
0: just like I, I you know, some of the records, every almost everybody's played yeah. eighty one games so far. All so. Right.
1: we'll go by division by division, take a look at the team, some of the surprises, some of the disappointments. Keep in the back of your mind, Big Doug, as we go. The question I love asking you, and I think uh not enough is heard on some of the uh, you know, bigger sports stations that cover this is which teams that are, are rolling now? Which teams that got a little momentum, looking good, everything's feel good, they're celebrating. I hate to say it, our Chicago White Sox might be one of those. But which of those teams, one or two of them, are going to end out not so happy? Are going to slump a little bit? And and it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of who, because that happens every year. So, oh, yeah, Dog, you that. gotta figure out, and our fans do, 888-463-6748, which teams, and obviously the counter-surgency to that, which teams, uh, not looking good right now. Things are not, you know, the fans are upset a little bit. It's been a disappointing season, but there's always one or two of them that make a surge at the end of the year and, uh, end out with a smile on their face, which are a couple of those teams. So, that'll be your job to, uh, make a prediction in that regard, okay? Gotcha. Alright, here we go. You wanna go American League first or
0: nationally? Uh, let's go to the American League to, to get that over with. I, I think I have a much better field in National League right now.
1: All right, here we go, mid baseball report. Any of the fans you want to jump in, disagree, agree with Big Dog's comments? Make your own comments. More than welcome to join us here. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight the phone number. Big Dog in the American League Eastern Division, one of the marquee conferences in all of baseball. Suddenly, the Yankees. It was a tight division, but uh, they've opened up a five-game lead over Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Toronto are all within eight games, so the rest of them are bunched up in every team. Every team is over 500.
0: Yeah, That's, that's pretty incredible to have five teams over 500 after the All-Star break. They really start playing each other a lot in the second half. Uh, all the divisions are like that in baseball now, so I really don't expect all five teams to be above 500 at the end of the year. You know what, the Yankees are getting enough starting pitching, and they had enough relievers to fill in for Mariano Rivera. I don't know how great they're going to be in the playoffs because they really don't have top-end pitching besides uh, CC Sabathia. But they, I do see them winning that division because the, the Red Sox, I do remember in our baseball predictions for last season, when we brought up the Red Sox, One of the things was, we honestly said this could be one of the great lineups of all time. Well, think about that. Carl Crawford has done nothing since then. Okay. Kevin Euclid has been traded. Uh, There's been a bunch of injuries throughout that lineup. And so I don't see the Red Sox making any type of run, coach. Even if their offense is a lot better now with this Middlebrooks kid in the lineup, they don't have enough starting pitching at all to make a run. So I don't even, so I see the Yankees. Keeping everybody at bay and cruising for that division the rest of the way. Mm-hmm.
1: Robinson Cano a uh, MVP candidate right now for the Yank?
0: Uh, absolutely not. He's no? had the worst. He's had the worst first half of his entire baseball career. I know he's been better lately, but the first two months of of this season were the worst he's had as a professional. So you know what that means, Coach? A re- re- regression to the mean. Robinson Cano is going to go off in the second half. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit like 350 with 15 home runs in the second half to make up for his subpar first half coach. Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, it's going to be and, interesting to watch, and there's a decent chance, even if the Yankees do continue on as you expect them to do, uh, the battle for second, the wild card spot, should be uh, entertaining, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and and as much as, as I'm not trying to sit out of the fence and, and not make a decision here, uh, but I am not going to rule anybody out for that second wild card slot in the American League including the Toronto Blue Jays, who better start playing again like they were in April and May when I was looking really smart and predicted that they would be the surprise team in in, in Major League Baseball this year. Mm -hmm. And the only way that the Toronto Blue Jays will stay, and also the Baltimore Orioles will stay, is if all that great pitching they got at the beginning of the year continues, because lately, Ricky Romero, coach, has just been getting shelled for the Toronto Blue Jays. And and the same with uh, the Orioles, like Jason Hamill and and Brian Mattis that were so good in April and May they haven't pitched well lately. So the only way that uh, we'll actually have a really cool race in in the American League East is that those teams yep. can actually get their head out of their butt.
1: yeah we'll see Joe Maddness Tampa Bay Rays uh, they always find a way to
0: hang in there they're, so it'll be they're gonna win yeah, they'll win ninety one games they'll yep. be twenty games above five hundred when the year's out coach they'll yep. be in it
1: ah could be fun to watch there American League Central Division one of the surprise teams thus far I'm hoping the big dog does not uh, pick them as one of his selected teams that might disappoint second half but clearly they have played above their heads a little bit surprising anyways 40 uh 45 and 37 first place two games over the Cleveland Indians who played extremely well the Detroit Tigers a game under 500 are they one of those teams that will find themselves and uh, make a big boost and you know we've had teams with their record and their talent before come out on the second half not only make the playoffs but win the whole damn thing or is this a mediocre ball club that's just never going to make it done? Kansas City and Minnesota, trail the pack, but the beloved Sock big dog in the AL Central. How about that?
0: Uh, Minnesota, this season is done. The only thing Minnesota needs to do is, in fact, exactly what the Cubs are doing is try to find out who's going to be on their roster in 2013. The Royals are similar to the Twins and Cubs in that respect, trying to get better for next year. But they have such high hopes that if they don't have, like, a really good second half of the season as a team, they might need to blow yeah. everything up again. I mean, that's how the, 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 yeah, the Royals well, they, on April, uh, remember April 1st of this year, we're like, hey, the Royals can contend in the Central. So even though they're having a bad year and they should blow things up, teams should do that. I think every once in a while when you're young like the Royals, you have to show some progress before you blow it up. It's not like they're old and you need to blow it up. It's...
1: Yeah, the problem is they've been in that situation now for like the past 30 years.
0: Yeah, and, and, and normally we're like, okay, they should try to trade yeah. away this one guy and build a prospect. No, I think right now the Royals need to get their act together as an organization and yeah. figure out ways to win games. The Indians are going to fall in their face. By the way, yeah,
1: real quick, we did have a quote from ex-LA Clipper general manager Elgin Baylor, who said, "Don't worry about it. The KC Royals will be just fine."
0: Yeah, they will be. And then uh <laughs> I'm glad Elgin is paying attention. You know, uh you know, just to throw it out there, Coach. Yes. Sir. Uh, the, Indian, the Cleveland Indians will have the worst record in the American League Central in the second half of the season. Wow. It. And I know I have some really good friends that are Indian fans, and they are devout fans, some of the biggest. And they're going to get mad at me to, to say this, but it's mm-hmm. the truth. They have the worst run differential in the American League. It's even worse than the, it, the Twins. What happens is uh, – The Indians in the first half of this year, I don't know what their exact number is because I I haven't followed it in the last, like, ten days. But, like, ten days ago, the Indians, the best record in baseball in one-run games. And it really wasn't because of execution. It was because of luck, because that's what I'm getting at. So Mm -hmm. the the Indians are going to fall on their face in the second half. And the Tigers will make a run on the White Sox school with the division. But the Tigers will put together a month-long hot streak where – Cabrera and Fielder hit the ball so well that their bad fielding all around the Tiger uh, situation will not, it won't affect them. And don't forget, they lost Austin Jackson for a while. He's back, and he's one of the best center fielders in the game of baseball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. All right, so right off the bat, uh, you're kind of singling out Cleveland as one of those teams feeling pretty good at the halfway break. They bring home the report card. They show it to mom and dad. Stretching out the pectoral muscles a little bit. Maybe get a little candy on the side. Feeling pretty good. But you're saying now uh, when that final report card comes home, might be a couple days up in the room home uh, by themselves with the door
0: locked. Yeah, yeah. Well, mom, mom and dad looked at the report card, and they don't realize that the kid aced all the tests, but he did his homework every single day, and the, the parents mm-hmm. his, or the teacher just gave him a B because he knew the kid understood, but he didn't really yeah. work for it.
1: There are those out there, by the way. There are those out there, uh, similar to the doctors that would disagree with your Charlie Weiss analysis, there are those out there, and I might be one of them, that would say that run differential, one of the more overrated stats, and you show me teams that can win one-run games, that proves they've got what it takes. They can win the close games. they got the clutch hitting, clutch pitching. That's more of an indication
0: than the you know, run differential. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Right. I, and and I, mean, I and I know all I've begged for with the Chicago Cubs is to find players that play the Baseball play baseball games situationally, where, oh, we're, we're down three in the ninth inning, and I'm leading off, I need to take a pitch, or, you know, stuff like that. So, so yes, I am not about to poo-poo okay. your analysis right there, but uh, I just think that the Indians have been a little lucky this year. Okay. And Jason Kipnis, who is an MVP candidate right now, if the Indians win the division, you have to talk about Jason Kipnis as an MVP possibility in the American League. I'm From Glenbrook North High School. Oh, my goodness. That kid is the real deal, coach. He is a ball player.
1: By the I way, I got to mention Glenbrook North High School on an incredibly sad note. They had a kid, this is unbelievable. They had a kid uh, commit suicide about two weeks
0: uh-huh.
1: ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, good kid. He was on the football team. I don't know, you know, if he had a history of problems or what, but committed suicide at the wake three days ago. Apparently, and my son and some of his friends. They don't go to Glenbrook, they go to Glenbrook South, the sister school. They didn't know the kid who committed suicide, but they knew this other kid. He's driving back from Wisconsin in a car by himself. His parents were in the car in front of him. They're driving to go to this young man's wake. He was also on the football team on one of those county roads in Wisconsin. Yeah, I got you. Goes yeah. through a stop sign. Remember, his parents are right in front of him or behind him. I forget. This is the story I'm getting. He gets... Another car flying down because he went through the stop sign. No drinking or anything, just human error. And the kid going to the wake, honor student, football player, lacrosse player, he gets killed as well.
2: Oh, that's so, horrible. Uh, yeah,
1: Jason Kipnis' old horrible. high school was, uh, you yeah, know, one's bad enough. You get two of them. That's really, really tough. And for the football team, Big Doug, I don't know how you, whew, at some point you pull together and play in the memory of those two, but that, you know, one is a big hit for high school kids.
0: Two? Wow. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I like uh I, I when I was in high school I lost a friend and I, I like to this day I still get sad. I mean like you just talk about like a teenager dying and I immediately go yep. back twenty five years yep. and know what I felt like back then. So yep. I cannot I can't even imagine what those kids at Columbia, Dorf and those two families are going through right yeah. now.
2: And
1: apparently, you know, with the uh advent of the cell phone you know, the kids at the wake Found out, and the message started to go around. I, I just can't imagine what the thought oh, process my was goodness. there. That would have been yeah, horrible. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible. All right, uh, moving along. American League, Western Division, big dog. And it seems like this is an annual event, but I love it. The Texas Rangers and the Anaheim Angels, two of the best in baseball, battling the Rangers lead by four and a half now. Oakland coming off a sweep. A little bit of life as they head into the all-star break. They're only a game under five hundred Seattle. Forget about it. But the AL West, always good drama.
0: Yeah, on April 1st, I was like, the A's are horrible, the Mariners are horrible, and uh, the Rangers and Angels will battle out all year long, and they're both getting a wild like playoff spot. And on May 1st, I looked like an idiot, because the A's and the Mariners were playing awesome. Guess what? I was exactly right on that freaking prediction. The A's and the Mariners are really, really bad, and the, the Angels and the Rangers are really, really good. And the, the Angels, obviously, have only been playing really good baseball, though, for the last three weeks. Yeah they've been so great during that three weeks that they've made up for mediocre and below average ball for the first two months of the season
2: mm-hmm.
0: but so, they're, yeah,
1: they're they're uh, upside maybe as large as any team in baseball if you start thinking of the talent that they have starting to click uh, there's a pretty high ceiling there big Doug.
0: yeah an extremely high ceiling let's let's point out a couple other things irvin Santana who's one of the top 40 pitchers in, in MLB baseball has been Bad all year long, and you got to figure he's going to have a better second half than first half. And also one of the top pitchers in the game is Jared Weaver, and eventually he's going to be healthy in the in the second half of the season. The Angels are going to get two top-tier starting pitchers into their lineup if uh, if that can work out for them, if that happens. And all those games they have against the A's and the Mariners in the second half, the Angels, who are really bad for a while, will end up winning 90 games this season. Mm-hmm.
2: All
1: right, forty-five and thirty-seven right now. Eight games over five hundred. Don't forget Alberto Pujols, now a member of the team to go along with young stars Mike Trout and uh, the kid Mark Trumbo is hitting the hell out of the ball as well for the Angels of late.
0: Yeah, Mark Trumbo, it, he's been playing all different types of positions for him. He, he's an unknown gem out there on the West Coast. Mm-hmm.
1: Twenty homers. See if he's in the uh, he's in the uh, RBI leaders and home run leaders. Twenty homers. 55 RBIs, and he's in the top ten in batting, 310. So all three major categories, he's right there. Not a bad first half for Mr. Marquise Trumbo.
0: Definitely get it done.
1: All right, let's move over to the National League, the League of uh, Severe Expertise of the Big Dog. Again, any fans out there you want to chime in, agree, disagree, or anywhere in the vast in-between, we'd love to hear from you. Our annual midseason baseball report behind... The hunting and fishing report, probably the second most favorite segment we do. 888 Dial it up if you want to check in. We'd love to hear from you. Triple eight. 463-6748. Big dog of the National League Eastern Division. The Washington Nationals rolling. And I called it after watching them play one game. I went to opening day and watched the Washington Nationals. I said, you know what? There's something about this team. They're going to be okay. And they've had a ton of injuries, but very quietly, third, Best record in all of baseball, even with all the injuries.
0: Yeah, that was my surprise team of the National League was the Nationals this year, and like I said, I'm not surprised that they're doing well because I really thought they would. I am surprised that they're doing this well after all the injuries that yep. they have, which is just it's just been remarkable. Now you got to figure who's going to give them a, a run in the second half. They're going to contend the whole entire season. They they will be battling on September 30th for for the American League East. You know, I I do see the Mets faltering in the second half. Okay, a little bit. I don't think they're gonna play as well in the second half as the first. Uh the Phillies, here's the here's the Oof. coach. Brutal. The Phillies who have one win from Cliff Lee and have had Roy Halliday on the on the disabled list. If Halliday and Cliff Lee pitch like Cliff Lee and Roy Halliday in the second half of the season, they will pass the national. What? what? Past the they're nationals, Look, I know they're in last place. Wow. My point is, if Halliday and Lee can be wow. the Halliday and Lee of of 2011 to 2002, then they're going to be okay. But that's that's a big question right now because yeah. the number one, the, that team is so banged up. Don't forget, Ryan Howard has been out all year. They just got Chase out back. They're going to add five to six stars lineup the mm-hmm. next. With all these guys that are going to yeah, come back. To that's,
1: that's why the midseason baseball reports one of our favorite segments, the big dog picking a to this point moribund and slumping of late Philadelphia Philly team. And clearly the talent is there. And of course the, the adjunct is the guys that you mentioned. If they come back healthy and perform a little bit, but you see the possibility of the Philadelphia Phillies making a last to first run in the second half of the season.
0: You know, their last place, how far are they behind the Nationals, like eight uh, games? Uh, a little worse, 13 games. Okay, and like I said, I said the Nationals are going to win the division. I just see the Phillies, a huge surge in the second half oh, and, yeah. and getting back in it. All and right. maybe even getting one of those wild-card spots, Coach. Mm-hmm. 13 games is a little too much to ask for, even with Halliday and okay. Lee and Howard and Utley back in the lineup. For
1: All them. right, so don't count the Phillies out yet. Very nicely done. The big dog... Uh, Couple of divisions left here. Time running short. We got to keep moving along. Our beloved Central Division with a Cubbies play. We've talked a lot of Chicago Cub baseball, but uh, shockingly, when you looked at to the top of the standings, I thought I had to get my glasses adjusted. I'm putting the paper inside and out. Pittsburgh, the Pirate. You gotta love it. 46 and 36. Please tell me, please tell me it's not a mirage, Big Dug. They're game and a half up on Cincinnati. St. Louis Cardinals quietly, quietly hanging around. In the Milwaukee Brewer, maybe one of those teams, the big dogs going to tell us, will make a run as well. What happens in the NL Central?
0: Um, I'm going to predict that the, that the Pirates hold on to this for the simple fact they have a lot of players that are in contract years. They also have a lot of players like A.J. Burnett, who are getting paid by somebody else and were given up on another team, and they were basically sent off to Siberia of baseball, which is Pittsburgh. And since they have so many of these particular players, I think they've, like, ended up being a tight-knit group. And, you know, I-, I called Austin Jackson one of the best center fielders in the game of baseball. Well, the best center fielder in the game of baseball in terms of fielding, obviously Matt Kemp's a little better hitter, but uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. And Andrew McCutcheon is making himself millions and millions and millions of dollars every single time he plays. Now, I, I-, I do realize that, you know, the, the Pirates were smart and gave him a little bit of an extension a couple of years ago. I think Andrew McCutcheon is probably upset he signed that because if he was a free agent this year, the uh, New York Yankees would have backed the truck up and dumped about $150 million Mm -hmm. over his head. That that guy is everything you want in a baseball player. First of all, the great fielding and the great hitting and the situational hitting. But most importantly, he's two things that are underappreciated in the game of baseball. One is he has fun when he plays coach. And the other one is he's a leader of men. Those guys love him on that team. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the he's the best player that nobody knows about in the game of baseball is Andrew yep. McCutcheon.
1: Yep, It was nice it's nice to see him, at least for a few years, stick with Pittsburgh because as you well know, there for so many years Pittsburgh would get up and coming young players like an Andrew McCutcheon a couple of years ago. Boom. They're gone. Over to the next team. So it was nice to see McCutcheon at least stick around for uh, four or five years with the Pirates.
0: I, I want McCutcheon to be a pirate his whole career unless he happens to wear cubby blue. And please Ooh. come on, Andrew, if that happens. I have Ooh. no problem. Uh, it's, Wait I a minute. No we are, we already
1: pirate. have David DeJesus. We don't need
0: him. Uh, you have a point. Never mind. Forget it. We got the season.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So, uh, Pittsburgh, hopefully, going to hang in there. be a great story. How many years has it been, dogs since – forget about winning a division. How many years has it been since they finished over 500.
0: Uh, the last time they won the division and the last time Barry Bonds was in their lineup, batting third for them, and that wow. would be 1992. Wow. So we talked about I gave you the lineup for them the other day, if you remember. That's right. Thank By you the way. Sid, Sid Bream, Jose Chico Lynn, Jay bell Jeff King, Bobby Bonilla, Andy Van Spyke, and Barry Bonds.
1: Chico Lynn. By you the way, uh, L.A. Clipper General Manager Elgin Baylor has also checked in regarding the Pittsburgh Pirates. He said not to worry. They'll be
0: fine. I, I think right. they would coach. They've got a closer and Joel Hanrahan, and they got a bunch of pitchers that are bust outs elsewhere. They're trying to prove mm-hmm. they're still major league pitchers. Like you know, don't you know? Do you remember five years ago when Eric Bedard was one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball?
1: Who could forget him?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, then he disappeared <laughs> for four years. He got paid huge money, and I think he's won like. When, when he was getting paid league minimum he had a couple 16 win seasons they give him like 50 million dollars the the orioles did and won like four games ever since until this year which he's been good again coach okay
1: all right finally national league western division big dogs annual one of the highlights of the show is midseason baseball report i gotta tell you big dog you are on game uh maybe one of your best ones ever i love the insights interesting things like the Pittsburgh Pirates full of guys in their contract year, so they're probably not going to collapse. That's the stuff we pay the big bucks for, or if we don't, we should be. But i got to criticize you and David Olson a little bit when I go to the National League West. And I'm not going to criticize myself because that's way too easy. But, you know, we've talked about the L.A. Dodgers and, you know, early on, they're one of the best teams in baseball, quietly, quietly sneaking up. And we haven't mentioned them a bit. And again, I'm holding you responsible, Big Doe. But suddenly, the San Francisco Giants are right back where they want to be in the picture. What happens second half of the season? And why, Big Doe, have you not talked about the uh, quiet rise of the SF Giant?
0: Uh, because they have no hitting, and uh, Tim Lincecum is having by far his worst season ever as a professional yeah, baseball player. Yeah, but you said player, the same so.
1: thing about Irvin Santana. Yeah, yeah
0: and, and that, uh, that's why I haven't talked so about him up to this point. But you got to figure. They're starting to win some games, and you, Tim Lincecum is going to have a good second half. His ERA cannot stay around six anymore. I mean, it's dumb funny. He had a great outing his last time out: seven innings, one run, I think, thirteen strikeouts. Tim and Cain, Edison, Bob Grotter, Ryan Vogel song, That's a pretty good starting rotation. Mm-hmm. If Brandon Bell can hit at all for them, like he's their Anthony Rizzo, their Eric Hosmer, their Ike Davis. Well, the problem—all these like uh, pumped-up first basemen that are supposed to be pretty good have done nothing around Major League Baseball this year. Brandon Belt's one of them. The last week, though, Coach, he's been killing the ball, hitting home runs all over the place. So maybe that 22-year-old figure it out if he has a big second half. That you got to expect, like the Freddie Freeman's and Eric Hosmer, they, they, they might. The, the Giants can make a run because let's, let's face it, Clayton Kershaw the last five outings has been bad, Coach. It's not like he's lost tough decisions. He's going out there pitching four innings and giving up five runs. We're talking about the best pitcher in the game of baseball for the last two years has been bad the last couple times. The Dodgers need to get that ship right or else mm-hmm. You're right, the, the Giants will pass them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All
1: right, that'll be uh, interesting to watch in the uh, National League West, but the San Francisco Giants quietly creeping back into it. Arizona's three games behind five hundred. Any chance they could be one of those teams, Big Don, that could make a late run?
0: Yeah, They definitely can, but uh, let's face it, Ian Kennedy, who could have won the Cy Young last year over Clayton Kershaw? I mean, I do think Kershaw deserved it, but uh, Kennedy had more wins. You know, all year long, he's been average too. You know, they were really expecting a dominant season out of him, and he hasn't been so. Uh, the in order for the Diamondbacks to to win in the second half, they're going to need a huge second half out of Ian Kennedy.
1: Okay. All right, good report. Now, I tried to take notes along the way. Help me out if I missed anybody. But uh, we we mentioned at the end teams that are looking pretty good right now. Pretty good right now that uh, are going to start to slip a little bit and maybe not feel so good at the end. You mentioned the Cleveland Indians. That's the only team I got marked down. that I miss any. And on the other side of it, teams that are not feeling too good now that you think might have some smiles on their faces, might make late runs, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies and the Detroit Tigers. Did I miss anybody in my note-taking?
0: and I, I, I'm worried about the Dodgers. The Dodgers had a great start to the season when Matt Kemp was killing the ball and Clayton Kershaw was pitching like Clayton Kershaw. Well, the last month, I think the, the Magic Johnson purchase of the team has worn off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the team realized, hey, they're the same team that was last year. So if Kershaw doesn't put the team on his back every fifth day again, they will get passed, and that's the team that's going to have the most disappointing second half of the season. And yeah. you know how fickle Dodger fans are. Oh, boy. By September 1st, the only, people that, the only time anybody will show up for a game when they're playing the, Dodgers, mm-hmm. the Giants. All
1: right. So, might, might wipe that nice smile off of Magic Johnson's face, right?
0: Uh, just for this year. Trust me, it's a good person. Okay. That, that's going to be okay for the Dodgers in the long run. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that little magic, magic has worn off
1: right now. Ah, Beautifully done. Beautifully done. By the way, before we leave, we got to mention the White Sox. We talked about, you know, the great first half. We didn't talk about yesterday's game and you got to do it real quick. You're running out of time, but uh, they win two to one. They sweep. Are you kidding me? They sweep the Texas Rangers. What a great way to head into the All-Star break. I know they still got one series left, but uh, a sweep of the, and maybe the most surprising player right now in all of baseball, Jose Quintana. Eight innings. Two hits. Remember, this is the Texas Rangers he's pitching against. Eight innings, two hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. The guy's been amazing, Doug.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is one of those guys that, like, when he remember he's, when he replaced John Banks like two months ago, I was like, oh, hopefully, you know, he could just keep the White Sox afloat and give him <laughs> give them a couple good starts. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to get all star consideration coach. My goodness. Okay. You know what I mean? you look at the American League roster for pitchers and you're like, you know, Quintana could be on that if you just look at the numbers. He's pitched really well in the first half, Coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Beautifully done today, Big Doug. Beautifully done. Outside of your uh rather insensitive remarks to six year olds about the nickname of the Joliet baseball team and your potentially incorrect statements on Charlie Weiss, you did a hell of a job.
0: Right. And like again I remind us <laughs> way too much I'm so sick of all this sensitivity. If your life is jacked up, do something about it. Because, uh, you know what? Too much coddling has gone on in the world. Yeah, people need to people need to start acting, taking responsibility.
1: So. I hear you. All right. Uh, in ten seconds or less, how was the bachelor party on the on the Chicago River?
0: i got to tell you, I saw stuff on the river that I never thought I'd see <laughs> you It was freaking phenomenal. You want to have a bachelor party? Come on out to waterriders.com. Right.
1: The stuff you saw, I may have to talk to you off air. Dog, have a great weekend. We'll do it all over again on Monday, okay?
0: Sounds oh, good, everybody. Uh,
1: thanks for listening, everybody. We much, much appreciate it. Have an outstanding weekend back Monday at 10 o'clock. Don't be late, Coach and the Big Dog. Producer David Olson, signing off.